Yo, today's QOD is just one more day. I'm not quitting. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Ed Milet kicking off the week. And let me tell you, this entire talk, like I wanted to run the entire talk, but of course I, I can't do that. Be too long of a show. But this entire talk is freaking epic. I highly recommend you click the link below and just listen or watch the entire thing because it is one of the most inspiring, motivating things that you will ever hear. And today he's talking about the Power of One More, which is the name of his new book. And, you know, you're going to learn about like, just the power of just hanging in there for one more, for just not quitting for one more day, for putting in another rep, for reading another book. And also he's going to talk about the ripple effect that can happen when you really decide to go out there and help other people. Ed Milet, he's coming up. Listen, uh, the book that I wrote, The Power of One More, is a very heavy book. A lot of tactics, a lot of strategies, like very, very heavy. And if you get the book, you'll pick them all up. But I wanted to start out by just sharing with you why I believe one more is so important in your life. Because here's the deal. In life, we always heard these theories that, hey, if you start to keep the promises you make to yourself, you're going to build self-confidence. We've all heard that before. If you lack self-confidence, it's because you don't keep the promises you make to yourself. We've all heard that, right? And that's really true. And I'm, I thought I was the first person to say it. I'm not sure if I was first or third, but I said it a long time ago. Now everybody says that stuff. And that is how you build self-confidence. But I needed to learn the things in this book because I was so shy, so insecure, had such low self-esteem as a little boy that I had to learn these things just to become a baseline functioning person. But then when I started to get good at them, I went, wait a minute, what if I took this to another level? What if I understood more about the RAS in my brain and time management and leadership and equanimity and how you change your identity and how you build confidence and how to really set goals? How do you really develop a habit? All of these things are in the book. But I figured something out. If I was in life, you don't always get your goals. If you set really good goals, even the way I teach you to do it in the book, which is the best, you might get 25% of them. But long-term, you always get your standards. You will always ultimately get your standards. So I thought to myself, what would the standard need to be that I could become superhuman in my performance? One more. Just the difference between winning and losing in life and everything and being a great mother and not, a great father and not, a great leader and not, wealthy and not, a big business and not, making a difference and not is so small. It's almost too scary to talk about. And that small thing all my life, I've been trying to figure out what's the thing? What's the separator? And as I've coached the top athletes, entertainers, business people in the world, and as I've become one, I know what it is. They do exactly what everybody else does and one more. When they make 10 contacts a day in their business, they make the 10, they make one more. They tell their daughter they love them every single day, they tell her one more time. They read one book a month, they read one more. They do 30 minutes on the treadmill, nope. They do 30 plus one more. They do 10 reps on the bench press, nope. 10 reps, one more. When you set that standard, your entire life begins to shift and change. And in the book, I show you the 19 one mores you need. And it all started 
when I was a little boy. See, I say often that on the other side of temporary pain, if you can survive the temporary, Napoleon Hill says, on the other side of temporary pain, if you survive it, you meet your other self. So many of us in our lives, even right now, we make permanent decisions based on temporary conditions. When you hold your father's hand as he's passing away, something dawns on you that the only thing permanent in life is your soul. Even our bodies aren't permanent. Everything you're going through, every hardship, every difficulty, every trial, every tragedy is temporary. And if you can survive it on the other side of that, you meet your other self. I'm up here today, not because I'm extraordinary, but because I've survived so many temporary difficulties that I've met my other self, then I met my other self, then I met my other self. That's called growth. And it started, believe it or not, when I was five. See, I only have two skills. I've made hundreds of millions of dollars in business and I've been blessed that for some reason, millions of people listen to me. And if you really knew me, you'd know how ridiculous that actually is. <laughs> and had you known me when I was a young man, you'd really believe it. And the two skills I have really, if I'm being honest with you, I don't have a high IQ. I don't, in my own family, I'm fourth out of four. There's only four people in our house. I keep making them retest about once a year. It's the same result for 18 years now. You're fourth, Dad, and you're fourth by a mile. <laughs> and it's just the truth. But I am good at two things. I truly love people and I'm present with them. And if you're with me, I listen. I'm good at reading people and being present. And then I got this other thing, I can talk pretty good. Let me tell you what they come from. Massive temporary pain. My dad was an alcoholic, and I had three little sisters and an amazing mom that held my family together. And I would have to know at five years old as a little boy, when that man came through the front door, which dad was coming through the front door? Was it sober dad? He had a good day, he hadn't been drinking, we're gonna go have dinner, probably go shoot some hoops in the backyard. By the time I was five years old, I knew which dad it was. Or when I'm five and I'm looking up at my hero, is it drunk dad? Has he been drinking? And I could notice little things. I started to be present. I was reading him. Was his tie a little messed up? How about his hair? How about how he walked? How'd his face look? Was it a little red? How'd he talk? Did he kind of talk a little slower? Did he slur? In fact, I got so good at it that I could tell by the sound his key made in the lock whether he was sober or not. If it went right in real smooth, pretty good chance we're gonna have a good night. If it didn't, he's coming in. And if it's drunk, Dad, maybe my sister should go upstairs. And then the second thing would kick in. I'd start to talk. Hey, Daddy, and I'd walk with him. Daddy, I got a 93 on my spelling test. I had a home run at practice today in baseball. How was your day? What went good today? And I would try to talk and communicate to change his state. Turns out, 35 years later, 45 years later, I've made hundreds of millions of dollars by being present with people, reading them, and be able to communicate in a way that they feel something and it changes. This was born out of temporary pain, temporary tragedy. Because if he was drunk, my dad would walk over and I'd try to get him away from this cabinet. Because there was this cabinet, and this cabinet was all his booze. And if, he, if I couldn't get him away from that cabinet, I know right now he's gonna open that thing up, there's all the stuff he likes, but his favorite was Beef Eater's Gin. 
And I'd get out there, I said, Dad, and I tried to, and he wouldn't, he'd pour his drink, boom. And he'd drink about six or eight of them right when he'd get home. Now I know we really need to change things. And that's what I live with, but it built all the skills I have. And many of you would say to me, wow, what a neglected childhood you had. I had a loving family, but certainly that was neglect. There's all kinds of child neglect. I'm gonna hit you between the eyes right now. Those of you that are parents, there's neglect if there's drug or alcohol. There's some form of neglect when there's a divorce, I suppose. Maybe we don't tell our children we love them enough. There is a global insidious epidemic pandemic of child neglect going on, and it's subtle. And it's a parent who is not pursuing their potential and their dreams. And they're neglecting their child when they do it. If you're listening to this, I know that hits home, but they are, most things children get are caught, not taught. They catch it. And if they start to catch it, it's okay to settle. It's okay to say, sweetheart, you can be anything you want. At some point, they get to an age where they go, well, mama, why aren't you? Why aren't you going for it? Why aren't you happier? My book is called The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success. Why isn't mama happier? They see you in the car. They see you getting ready in the morning. They know. And it's neglectful of you if you're not pursuing your happiness, pursuing your potential, pursuing your dream. You're neglecting that child. You got to get after it. So that was the first time I learned this. And then my life changed. I'm driving in the car one day with my dad. I'm almost turning 15. I've never seen my dad cry before, ever. And I didn't see him cry after this day. But we're driving to a baseball game, and as my dad's driving, he's crying, which is really weird because my dad was a dude. Like, I've seen my dad in scraps. Side of the freeway, banging on a guy. Angel game, banging on a guy. Seen him come out of church one Sunday, drop a guy. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Come out of St. Dennis Catholic Church on a Sunday. Just prayed, just took communion. <laughs> we get in this Datsun B210 hatchback, and we had stayed in the donut line. I saw him talking to some guy in the donut line. I'm like, all right, that didn't look good, but it's church. My dad loops around the church. It's raining. It's misty out. My sister's here so she can confirm this story. And I watched my dad roll the window down on his Datsun and look out and wave the guy over. And the guy's like, and the guy walks over from inside my dad's vehicle in front of the church. He grabs the guy goes, boom, headbutts this man. Guy falls to the ground and we just drive off like, hail Mary, our father. That was my dad. So to see this same man crying, driving me. That man never showed up again after this day. A gentle man showed up. I, this talk is very hard for me. A kind man, a much more powerful man. Real men are kind. Real men are gentle. They're so strong they don't have to show you. We're driving, and he's crying, and he pulls over, and he's still not looking at me. I'm looking at my daddy, and he goes, Eddie, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to listen to this word. I'm going to try to quit drinking one more time. And he looks at me, he goes, I'm going to give it one more try. A chapter in my book called One More Try. And I go, Dad, what would be any different this time? He tried a bunch of times. He goes, I, I'm going to lose you and your sisters. Your mom's taking my family from me. And you and your sisters deserve a dad you can be proud of. Your mom's amazing. She deserves a husband she can respect. So I'm going to give it one more try. I want you to get the lesson here. 
My dad made the most dramatic change of his life from a place of love. All great decisions, all long-lasting change comes from love, loving for someone else, doing so. You'll do anything for the people you love and your dreams. You always go, I don't know, I'm not motivated, I don't have any, I don't know my passion. Look real close, people you love and your dreams. My dad did it because he loved our family. It wasn't some big dream to be sober. He loved his family. And he went away, and when he came back, he was not drinking. I said, Daddy, are you never gonna drink again? Listen to what he said to me. He said, I don't know. I know I'm not gonna drink for one more day, Eddie, at a time. And that went 35 more years. Do you know how many times in business and in relationships I've wanted to quit? And I think I gotta make something permanent. Everyone says, never quit. Hey man, that's a long decision. You know what I've done a bunch of times? I'm just not quitting for today. Just one more day, I'm not quitting. One more day, I'm not quitting. And that started the change of my life. And I've learned, go ahead, you can applaud for my dad. And I tell you all this, I tell you all this because these lessons in the book, I show you how to reprogram your RAS. I show you how to manage your time and bend to manipulate time. It's very detailed. But if you don't know why you're getting the book, why you're doing it, it's pointless. Here's the most amazing thing. I wrote the book. I'm done with it. It's published. Thousands of copies have been bought already. I've done a bunch of interviews for the book. And I woke up three weeks ago in the middle of the night, me crying. And something dawned on me, and if you get anything out of today, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say to you. Remember, most people, even in this room, online, think, yeah, that's good, but this, that, that's not me. You don't know my track record, man. I've already tried like 14 things that didn't work, or I've never really been that motivated, or you don't know this thing I'm ashamed of. I've got this divorce. I've got this bankruptcy. I got some stuff if you really knew, man, you'd know. You don't know how I think. You don't know how average I've been. I'm disqualified. Most human beings think their humanity and their life experience is what disqualifies them. The very opposite is true. If you're gonna reach other people, I reach millions of people because I'm not perfect, because I come from a family like this. Listen to this. I wake up, I go, my gosh, this never dawned on me. The decision that changed my life to put me here, everybody, is my dad stopped drinking for his family. I probably am not here had I not watched those examples and caught it. Except it just occurred to me after I wrote the book, but I want to tell you this. I went, I'm crying. 3.15 in the morning. Someone helped daddy. Someone helped my dad. I don't know who this precious person is. Some precious human being, when my dad was losing his family on his knees, darkest moments, like maybe considering taking his own life, some human being came forward and said, I'll help you. Isn't that not amazing that this person has no idea that that one decision changed Max and Bella's life and my future grandchildren's life and millions of people's lives, the ripple effect of that one decision, just like the bad decision in Texas, the ripple, this ripple's ridden waves of millions of people, even today, because this person had the guts to step up and go, I may not be, see, here's the deal. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. This person, this person rose up in this moment, but that's not the most mind-blowing thing. What qualified them? The thing they were the most ashamed of. They were a drug addict. They were an alcoholic. Little did they know the temporary pain they put themselves and other people through. On the other side of it, they would meet their other self and then have my dad meet his other self. 
This person literally know when they were driving and drinking and lying to their family or stealing money to get drugs, God was using that experience they thought disqualified them to prep them for the most important moment in my father's life and in mine. Don't discount your experience. Don't discount your mistakes. These are the things that connect you with people. When you rise up, can I get an amen on that? Say yes. That's what qualifies you. You connect human to human. Perfect people don't help or imperfect people. Imperfect sinners help imperfect sinners in life. You can reach out and help somebody, but you gotta have the courage to take the step. You're not disqualified, you're not invisible, but you gotta have the guts to make the decision. You gotta get clear on what you want. That was Ed Milet. His website is edmilet.com. You can check out today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called The Power of One More, Ed Milet at Max Out Live. Also pick up Ed's brand new book, The Power of One More at your local book retailer. All right, that is it for me. Follow me on the Instagram at Sean Croxton. Pick up your QOD LXL little by little merch at QODmerch.com. I'll see you tomorrow with Brian Tracy. I'm out, peace. Peace.